Newcastle. It's 6 a.m. Rise and shine. Let's talk sports and welcome to The Grind. And good Tuesday to you and welcome inside the WKVL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser alongside Jeff McIntyre as we grind it out here on a Tuesday edition. Jeff, welcome in. Uh, it's a, it's baseball. Baseball's back. That's a, that's a great thing. Uh, it's a sunny morning, no rain. Uh, it's one of the few mornings Jeff doesn't bring the rain. And um, how you doing, man? I think it's supposed to, but I think it's supposed to all week. I was gonna say, like that's that's like saying the sun's gonna come up this week. I mean, I look yeah. down and I'm like, because let's go on a mowing tangent. Uh, like I'm I'm a not a mow fan. Like I'm not a ooh, let me get home and jump on the rider. One because I don't have a rider, and two because I'm just not a mow guy. But I always like to at least have like two days of dry in between mowing. Probably not gonna happen this week. I, I doubt it. I mean, not two days. There may be two instances of maybe a thirty-minute window where it's not raining, but I'm just gonna have to drudge through it. I think I'm just going. I'm gonna mow early so it's really low, and just just kind of keep it low because you can mow wet when it's really low. It's it's when it's you know off the you know it's a scene off Jumanji mm-hmm. that makes the wet grass really be a bad thing. Yes. Anyway, that's if you didn't know that, you know that now. But uh, but Jeff, since the last time I talked to you last Tuesday. Baseball has kicked off. We've uh, we've had our opening days uh, last Thursday and Friday were served as opening days uh, for baseball in July, uh, and and but we've also uh, already had our first outbreak. The mm-hmm. Miami Marlins, uh, eleven players, two coaches was the last number I got uh, of people infected uh, after the first series of the year. Uh, they were playing the Phillies uh, and and. Next thing you know, everybody's infected. They're literally still in Philly getting tested, and that team and those that were associated with that first series and then the teams that are associated with those two teams are now on postponement. Uh, Wild and crazy weekend. I'm not going to say that I didn't enjoy all the the sports, the live sports that I was able to watch this weekend, Uh, but how would you take in uh, opening weekend of baseball? Really, I just was trying to catch scores. I got to watch some of one of the Pirates games. Well, that's where you met. That's where you messed up. Yeah, I'm just kidding. You won't. You don't need that. You don't. You need to start somewhere else. Like go watch the yeah. Blue Jays. They're, they got a lot going on. You know it. it their pitching is going to be their downfall. They can hit. I mean, they've got they've got some great hitters. They just they can't pitch. They don't have anybody up there. But, Maybe they need to like do the trick stuff, like that. I think like, they should do the trick stuff, like we talked about. You know, walk out to the mound, hand the first well, baseman. Here's the, ball, the problem. The deal. From what I understand, like the resin bag where you would normally try to use that as a trick, each pitcher has their own. They don't have just the one universal one sitting out there anymore. Each pitcher has their own that they have to bring so out. So I haven't noticed, and it's funny that that because there was some caveats that like different things are going to happen. 
I haven't noticed anybody. You know, they said that you weren't allowed to lick your fingers. Like you, you had to keep like mm. a moist towel in your back pocket and kind of. I heard hit about it. that also. But I haven't noticed that. Have you noticed that? I didn't pay enough attention. I'm not. I mean, really, I, I feel like if you're like, man, he licked his fingers seven times during that baseball game, then you're probably not watching it for the right reasons. But anyway, <laughs> anyway, but I thought opening weekend was really good. Uh, I thought you, you saw a lot of things that, that were promising. I thought the Yankees looked pretty good. I thought the Braves looked pretty good. Uh, I thought a lot of the teams didn't necessarily come in. I, I didn't think they looked rusty. I, I didn't think a lot of teams looked like they, they haven't played baseball in a long time, even though they haven't, because uh, I think with inter-squad deals, and I, I think they had still been doing some level of practicing and so uh, I thought it looked good. The, I watched the Nationals raise their World Series banner uh, and then promptly get, get thumped on by the, by the Yankees <laughs> for a couple <laughs> games. Uh, but but I, thought, I thought really, you know, what the Nationals have been able to do and, and how they've, they've shifted and, and this season being their, their reigning World Series year uh, is, is kind of cool because they've, they've made the W and gold on their hat and it's got the little World Series logo on their hat. And then their their numbers are gold on their on their uh, their jerseys or at least their home whites. Uh, so I thought it was pretty cool. The, yeah, that is kind of different neat. things they done. I, I thought it was weird though that they uh, they raised their World Series banner with nobody there. I don't know how odd that is. I don't know how different that is for them. But uh, I just thought that was kind of weird. I feel like a lot of things are still happening and still taking place just to keep going through the motions. And and what I say is like you know NASCAR they still do, you know the donuts and some people are still doing the burnouts and you know yeah but they're at least still on TV. They are, but I mean I don't care that they're doing a burnout because actually I mean honestly, normally when the checkered flag waves and I see okay top ten unofficial results and off because at this point it doesn't matter there, there's. It's according to who's doing the burnout. I'll, I'll give you that. Like, if Chase Elliott's doing the burnout, I'm interested because I'm like, burn it down. But if it's like Kyle Busch or Denny Hamlin, I'm like, man, I've seen this before. <laughs> I've yeah. seen this story before. But anyway, uh, you, you know, I I think there's uh, there's some coolness going on. I mean, like the cardboard cutouts of all the different players. And, and there was a, there was a, a Tony La Russa, uh, uh or no, 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 Tony, La Sorda. Sorry, totally different guy. Uh, there's a cardboard cut out of him in Dodger Stadium. I think that's pretty cool. He's passed away now. Um, there's a lot of different uh, things they can do. I think a lot of local businesses are like, I think baseball could really be making a lot of money here. You, you know, like in, uh, in in home run derbies, where if you hit the sign, it's $100,000. Hit the bull. I, yeah, I think they <laughs> should do that. Because, I mean, it's individual seats. So, I mean, you know, you could you could make it big money. And that would probably be awesome. not going to happen because they're they're definitely like beaning these things. Because I remember uh, last night I was watching a Red Sox game. I can't remember, I can't remember who they were playing. They were losing, but um, they were. This one guy cranked one over the green monster, and it hit a piece of cardboard so hard that it made like a thong. That's awesome. I was like, well, what they need to do is they need to make them out of something that like just obliterates. Like you know, like a, a like styrofoam a, or something. Yeah, like as a soon pinata. As you hit it, it just explodes. That'd be awesome. A little Tannerite action. Yeah. <laughs> then again, who would it be awesome for? I don't know. I don't know. That 
yeah, now I'm sad again. It'd be awesome for me. I mean, I feel like you got. It'd be fun to watch. I will say it's funny. Uh, it was the A's, I think. So, by the way, that do you know that's Ricky Henderson Field? No, in Oakland. Yeah, straight up. I was like, wow, interesting. But yeah, that's what it says down below home plate. Home plate. But they're they're like bullpens on the field. Oh, I never thought about how that would work. It's weird. And since they don't have any fans, they had like little canopies. Yeah, uh, that was set up to kind of give the 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 bullpen some some shade, and I'm like, well, I guess you really can't do that when there's fans in the stands. But right now, I guess it's okay. But then my father-in-law's like, well, what happens if they hit that thing? You know, it's a foul ball regardless. But I mean, is that just part of play? I mean, you just got to look alive over there. Or, hmm. It's just weird. It was really weird. I mean, I would imagine as long as it's outside of the foul lines. Don't really matter. You just need to watch it. Yeah, and hit you don't in the get, head. Don't get smoked by the ball. <laughs> don't get hit. But uh, anyway, um, some surprises coming out of, of opening weekend. I, I think the fact that the the defending champion Nationals are one and three. I think that's a that's kind of a big surprise. I think a big surprise the A's are three and one. I think the the uh, the the Padres being three and one. That one surprises me. Uh, there's a couple little little bloops there, but now again they've only played the, you know a series and maybe a game in their second series, so it's not like all uh, all uh, cards get need to put in that basket or what have you. But uh, it is a little interesting because these are normally teams that are that are kind of they never really peak and they just kind of muddle through. And right now there's some teams uh, like I said the Nationals are one and three. Uh, there there's some good teams that are one and three sitting right now. Yeah, I, I, and I think it's just early season. You and know, I, I told Laura, I said, "You want to hear something that'll shock you?" Sunday, when the games got done, five percent of the uh, of the season over. <laughs> is that not funny. crazy? That is crazy. Like by Wednesday, ten percent of the season's over. Wow. Yeah. Moving. See, and that's why I think it makes these one and threes more important. You know, when you've got 162 games to play and you're one and three, I don't think you lose any sleep over it at all. No. But when you've got 60 to play and you're one and three, hey, what's wrong? What do we need to do? What's I've seen, uh, I've seen like seven and ten game losing streaks. Just go, yeah, hey, you'll have that, yeah. But no, you won't. <laughs> you no, won't this year. Not right now. Uh, but talk about the games from yesterday uh, again. Uh, games played over the weekend, but what happened yesterday? The Athletics beat the Angels in Oakland uh, three to nothing. That puts them to three and one. They've played all their games at home. The Angels are now one and three. All of their games have been played on the road. The Diamondbacks fall to the Padres. Uh, the Padres again three and one. All of which have been played at home. Diamondbacks have stayed on the road. Blue Jays fall or beat the Nationals. Uh, four to one, they improved to two and two. Uh, they've played all their games on the road because Canada won't let them play at home. And then uh, the Nationals fall to one and three. Uh, they have uh, have lost three out of four defending their World Series championship. Yep, that'll happen. You'll have that. Uh, Cubs eight to seven victory over the Reds. The Reds won their first game of the season and have lost three straight. Cubs improved to three and one. They're one and zero oh on the road. Uh, Reds fall to one and three. They've played all of theirs uh, in Cincinnati. The Braves fall to the Tampa Bay Rays, fourteen to five. Tampa Bay yesterday was just pelting them out of the park, and, and really, 
it was a Braves team that that the previous day had done the very same thing to the Mets. They had beat them like fourteen to three. So uh, a little turnaround. Uh, used all their fireworks on the on Sunday mm-hmm. and just didn't have any left for Monday. I don't know, but the Rays looked really good, and they're a team to to watch there in the American League. I think right now is, I think right now is the time that you're going to see a lot of a lot of good hitting because I think people are trying to figure out the strike zone, and that's at least some of the the little bit that I saw in one of the games was they they were. Balls that I thought, you know, that's that's close enough. That's ring them up, and they're not getting any calls. And then there was another uh, another inning where the same ball was getting called. And so I think everybody's trying to kind of figure out, all right, where are we at? <laughs> right. And a team that's looking to find out where they're at is your Pirates. Uh, they fell yesterday. The Brewers six to five. Brewers may have the best early season uniforms in, in Major League Baseball. Like they're epic. Really, I didn't. well, they kind of look like West Virginia. That's why I thought you'd oh. like them. They're yellow and blue. Uh, they look like from like I don't know, maybe like a half mile. They look like West Virginia, but they're yellow and blue nonetheless. It could be them. It could be Michigan. It could be a lot of teams. But I just went with West Virginia because I knew you liked them. Yeah, there you go. See, I'm 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 uh, trying to cater to Jeff's uh, enthusiasm since his Pirates don't help him any. But six to five, the Brewers get the victory. They approved a two and two. The Pirates fall to one and three, lost their first game at home. And what was their pitcher's name? Ne- never, never Roxkus. I have no idea. It's like the best name ever. I th- I know most of their hitters. I their their pitching is just it's all over. N e v e r a u s k a s. And there's no squigglies over anything. It might be easier to spell it than it is to say it. Never Roxkus. I swear that's it. But anyway, he he's the he lost nonetheless. Nonetheless, got an early one for him. Kansas City Royals defeat the Detroit Tigers fourteen to six. The Royals are two and two, and the Tigers are two and two. They lost their first game at home. The Royals have played all four games on the road. the The guy who lost for the Detroit Tigers may have a better name though. His name's Funkhauser. Like at least you know how to say it. Well, I mean, you know when he shows up. It's about to get real. I'm it's a, a it's a party time. Funk Hauser in the house, but uh, the Seattle Mariners uh, lose to the D, to the Houston Astros. No trash cans needed as they get the victory eight to five. Astros improved to three and one. Mariners fall to one and three. The Mets beat the Red Sox seven to four. Mets are now two and two, one and zero on the road. Uh, they had played at home against the Braves and the Red Sox one and three. All games being played in Fenway Park. But the last three games that were supposed to be played yesterday postponed, and that's the Yankees-Phillies in Philadelphia, the White Sox-Indians in Cleveland, and the Orioles-Marlins matchup that was to be played uh, in Miami. Uh, all of that surrounding, Jeff, uh, what what was the, uh, the outbreak that is the Miami Marlins? Uh, but let's talk about that on the flip side of the break. Uh, We're going to take a break, listen to these great sponsors. When we come back, we're going to talk about the outbreak that is uh, going on in Philadelphia, really, but going on for the Miami Marlins and how these teams need to act and how everybody's watching Major League Baseball on how they react. So we'll talk about how the Miami Marlins have affected the early going here in Major League Baseball and how they may have a shape for the rest of sports. We'll talk about it all on the flip. You're listening to The Grind, 100.9 FM, 8.50 AM, and streaming at WKBL.com. We'll be right back. You don't want to miss it.
hometown alternative to Ordinary Sports Radio, 100.9 FM, 8.50 AM, Rocky Top Sports. Buying a home is one of the biggest financial decisions you will ever make, and it can be overwhelming, but Donna Cry at Mortgage Investors Group is committed to making your home buying experience a pleasure. Donna Cry is my personal home mortgage specialist. MIG is rated number one in residential mortgage lenders in Tennessee. Are you considering a new home? Then use who I trust, Donna Cry with Mortgage Investors Group in Maryville. Whether you're buying your first home or your fifth, Donna will help you put your home ownership plans into action. Call Donna at 865-984-9948 or go to DonnaCry.com. MIG is an equal housing lender. 2020 has been anything but predictable, but there is one thing we can count on. Football will be back. Blunt Broadcasting is proud to remain the radio home for two of Tennessee's most successful high school football programs, Maribel High School and Alcoa High School. Each team looks to repeat as state champions, and your support is needed to get these great programs off and running here in 2020. So, if you or your business would like to support these great student-athletes and great coaches, then help Blunt Broadcasting get their games on the radio. Give us a call and let WGAP and WKVL Radio get working for you. Give us a call at 865-724-1100. That's 865-724-1100. Or shoot us an email at info at wkvl.com. Let's work together to get your great business and these local high schools the exposure they have earned and deserve. Are you looking for a place to relax and have fun after work or a place to fill the weekend fun? Check out the Party Pub in the heart of Maryville. They open at 7.30 a.m. and have daily drink specials. They have darts, karaoke, and billiards daily, as well as Tennessee football each and every Big Orange Saturday in the fall. So check out the Party Pub on Ellis Avenue in downtown Maryville, a place where they treat you like family, and it's always a good time. In response to the COVID-19 coronavirus outbreak, and in what the Blunt Partnership sees is the best interest of its visitors, employees, and community. Taste of Blunt, slated for September 10th in Maryville. The Townsend Fall Festival, scheduled for September 25th and 26th at the Townsend Visitor Center. And the Best of Blunt Awards, booked in October, are canceled. The events will not be rescheduled in 2020. These fall events are cherished productions that the community looks forward to annually. But the current environment is not conducive to holding large events where physical distancing is difficult. Have you been asking yourself if it's time to take that business idea and make it a reality? Do you need help with marketing or getting a leg up on the competition? Then check out my friends at 42nd Street Marketing right here in Maryville, a company invested in Blount County and ready to help. They can take your business to the next level. Mike, Jana, and the staff at 42nd Street are a dream to work with, and I'm proud to say that they built the grindonsports.com into what it is today. But if you need marketing and maybe don't know where to start, check out my guys at 42nd Street Marketing right here in Maryville. Their phone number is 865-982-7007, or you can check out their work online, 42sd.com. Again, phone line is 865-982-7007, or online at 42sd.com. Check them out. I think you'll be glad you did. Got golf? iguanifarmsgolf.com 970-7132 Have you heard about or seen the Grind's brand new user-friendly website? If the answer is no, I think you're kind of missing out. 
Our brand new website has ways to hook into the grind from social media with links to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and SoundCloud so you can grind it out with us on social media. But if you say, I don't like social media, but I like podcasts, we've got those too. You can download the Grind Podcast on Apple Podcast and Google Play Music directly from the website. It's a one-stop shop for everything The Grind. Check us out online, thegrindonsports.com. That's thegrindonsports.com. We don't always promise to be perfect, but we promise to give you our honest opinion. This is sports radio from a fan's perspective. You're listening to The Grind on 100.9 FM, 850 AM. Rocky Top Sports. Welcome back inside the WKVL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser alongside Jeff McIntyre as we grind it out here on a Tuesday edition. Talked a little bit going into the break. The Miami Marlins have had a coronavirus outbreak. Uh, what does this mean for the team? What does it mean for the Major League Baseball? Uh, it's seeing the first cancellations since the restart of the 2020 season. I think that's uh, that's very popular journalism. Uh, it should say uh, it's first... Uh, cancellation since thursday since the last <laughs> right. week uh but it said an outbreak of COVID 19 spread through the miami marlins clubhouse bringing the total cases in recent days to 13 that's 11 players two coaches as a result the marlins have postponed their home opener scheduled for monday night that was last night uh, the game between the new york yankees and the philadelphia phillies have also been delayed and the the uh and then also there was a, a delay uh, in the, I believe, uh, what was it, Orioles game, uh, because they had, had kind of come in contact. It Does the Marlins outbreak or positive cases put this season in jeopardy, uh, Jeff? I don't think it does yet. I think it's going to require more teams to have an issue. Um, it, it's. I look to see what their response to this, because, I mean, right now they did the quick and easy, okay, let's just not play these games today. So they didn't say anything about the games that are like today, today. Yeah. So, so I, I will say that the Yankees put on their social media that they expect to play today. Right. Uh, now, I don't know what information that's given them that confidence, but talking about that question, does the outbreak uh, put their season in jeopardy? Uh, Jesse Rogers said, of course, uh, but that's why there's a taxi squad of up to 30 players. Uh, if the league is going to continue to play, then it's next man up. As hard as that might be to believe, there's really no other choice. If the Marlins' season is in jeopardy, then the entire league's uh, season's in jeopardy. I don't know that they're that big of a part of the league. You know what I'm saying? Well, it's like it'd be different if it was like the Dodgers. It'd be different if it was like the the Braves, the Yankees, because those are just you talk about losing fans and and mm-hmm. losing whole sects of uh, of people because they're like. I'm a Dodger fan. I'm a Yankee fan. I'm a Brave fan. Uh, even Red Sox, what have you. Uh, but I just don't know outside of South Florida that there's a whole lot of people going, if Marlins don't play, I ain't watching. Yeah, and that's and that's tough because, you know, it 
you can say, well, yeah, we didn't expect the, the Marlins to really do anything anyways this year, so if we just cut them out of the pie, then that's fine. But at the same time, then say, well, yeah, but we can't do the same thing to the Yankees or the Dodgers. See, but I think I think what, what this, this Mr. Rogers, Jesse Rogers says, <laughs> Mr. Rogers, mm. um, next man up. Now, yeah. is it going to be one of those deals to where quickly – uh, you, you you're not hitting really well. You know you may have some struggles in the bullpen, things like that. I think so. And and, and we don't know what eleven are infected. You know, is it is it some pitchers and is it what part of your lineup? You know what I'm saying? Because uh, if the bullpen is pretty unaffected, may not be as big of a deal. Because pitching's where Major League Baseball's kind of won and lost. Yes. I think anybody that has a Major League contract can hit the ball. I think so too. I mean, I think uh, other than pitchers, but anyway, uh, you know, which they got rid of that rule. You know, now it's designated hitter. But what I'm saying is, is I, I think you have to. There, there is some grace period. Obviously, they've they've got to fill this one out. They've postponed one game. If it goes into postponing two and three games, you you can't just have a whole week of double headers. So you're going to have to at some rate do a next man up, or you you catch up when you can, Miami, because I think. Putting the whole season in jeopardy, both from a TV money standpoint and, and a lot of things, uh, it's it's a big to-do. Yeah, the problem is the 60 games because you start to miss three or four. Like, you, you made mention that 5% of the season was over after, what, the first? Sunday. Yeah, Sunday. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, and so how many games is that? Well, if you if Miami misses how many games – what percentage of their season do they have to make up now in a short amount of time? Well, and it all goes to who who are they who else are they putting out? You know what I'm exactly. saying? Exactly. Like, like right now, it's it's kind of rippling out. Like the the Yankees haven't seen the Marlins, right? But they're getting impacted by it because the Marlins played the Phillies. Yeah. So it's just it's that dynamic of of con. What do they call it? Contact exposure. Like where you've you've been around somebody that's been around somebody that's been around somebody. We don't believe in that. Yeah, seven degrees of Kevin Bacon. Yeah. But uh, another question that's been posed is, what does the Marlins outbreak mean for the state of the MLB season as a whole? And I think that's where we've kind of dove into. Well, I I think the only true way to to understand that is if you look back on this down the road. Uh, Hindsight will be the best way to answer this, though it looms a possibility that that Monday's news or yesterday's news of the infection uh, will have ramifications uh, it's one of those deals that, that Major League Baseball has has hit head on. I thought Rob Manfred honestly did a good job of answering tr- questions truthfully uh, last night. Now, was some of his comments seem to be pointed? I think so, because he made it very clear that there was an option on the table to be in a quote-unquote bubble. He did say, I feel like we made the right decision. There was too much that, that baseball was going to have to do this side of basketball. You know, they have – 10 to 13 players on a team and they have a, a limited staff whereas baseball I mean it's just a I mean it's a traveling circus I mean there's oh, yeah. like there's probably I don't know I would argue 60 plus people per franchise that they would need I mean there's 33 players uh, that's that's not including coaches uh, that's not including uh, any kind of field crew or anything like that that each team would need to have uh, so I think uh, I think they made the right decision, but I thought he hit that thing head on with a with a pretty lengthy investigate or interview last night uh, on on one of the major networks. It says for now, this baseball's first big test in their ability to stage a 2020 season, 
and it's a little disheartening that it came just uh, after 92 physical games had been put in the books. Baseball couldn't get through its first weekend without a nightmare, uh, but but basically we're in a, a wait-and-see approach. I think, I think not only Major League Baseball is looking at this saying, what are we going to do, but I think um, – College football's looking at this, saying, what are we going to do? I think the NFL's looking at it, saying, what are we going to do? Basketball's not. They understand their little bubble. NHL understands their little bubble. And they're they're in a little different uh, – they're in cleaner air, to use a NASCAR reference. Uh, they, they understand that they have some really strict entry-exit protocols uh, that they can kind of lean to. But I think college football's sitting here going, okay, they had an outbreak, so now they've tested again. And, I mean, there's literally somebody over there writing on their, their little notepad right now. I think they have to. And, and Well, I think because there's no roadmap. There's no nope. this is best practice. I think you, you understand what how baseball wins and loses coming out of this, and you've, you've, you've opened the door to be more successful in your season. I, I also look to see – I think the NFL is probably watching this closer than anybody. Oh, yeah. Because it's a professional level. I think that changes a lot. That changes a huge dynamic. Because in college, there's at least a school portion that still has to go on, and that is going on. And so that that that's a little different caveat. But I think the NFL, all eyes are on Major League Baseball. Yeah. I, with be, Between college and football or NFL, I think the reason the NFL is because there's so much more money to be made. And, and lost. And lost. And they – the players can really nix the whole thing. See, they're still they're still trying to hash out how they're going to do these things. Whereas, you know, Major League, they had they already had their discussions. They laid out. They all agreed on this is what we're going to do. The NFL still hasn't done that yet. They're still going back and forth trying to make a decision. And based off of what happens in this, this is either going to give the players leverage or it's going to give the owners leverage. And from there, you're going to see fireworks, I think. Oh yeah, because in a in a world that's got a lot of dollar signs on it, nobody wants to give up that leverage. No, and, and so I, I think um, I think Major League Sports in general are really watching Major League Baseball. the The question also comes up: Could this impact other teams beyond the Marlins? I, I think the answer is very much yes. It already it, has. It is now. Uh, the Marlins played in Atlanta before going to Philly. Uh, of course, they haven't made any any kind of pauses for the the for the Braves. They played three games against the Phillies. Uh, occupying, occupying, that was about Mm -hmm. to be how I said it, the visiting clubhouse at Citizens Bank Park where the Yankees were due to take up residence Monday. The Marlins were slated to play the Orioles, uh, who presumably are already in in the city of Miami. And then the Braves just finished a three-game series against the Mets on the heels of their exhibition games against the Marlins. The Mets, meanwhile, are headed to Boston to begin a series that they did begin and beat. Uh, the the Red Sox. So hopefully this outbreak is confined to the Marlins, but it easily uh, rolls right along, uh, especially when you're playing games every day. Uh, I don't know. Um, I don't know what your what what their plan will be moving forward because I, I think at at any rate that the Marlins have to understand as well as the greater part of Major League Baseball, where did they come short? I mean, ultimately, and they're not going to give up who this guy was. That, that started the outbreak, right? But that's got to be understood. You know, where did you go? Yeah. Did you did you go to – I hate to throw names out there, but did you go to Walmart? Right. You know, did you go to a nightclub? 
Did you go to this, you know, any place with more than 50 people? And I think coming out of this, at least the Marlins, and I don't know if Major League Baseball will follow suit, but there'll have to be some greater string, you know, stringent rules uh, going on the, the non-baseball activity. Now, granted, when, when this thing kicks up, and, and if they're showing positive test signs, who knows, they might have been affected uh, a couple weeks ago. But I think as the season kicks up, it's like minor league baseball. You play every day, so you don't have a ton of time to go and do. Uh, so maybe that will help the Marlins stay busy. But uh, I, I'm really interested to see how they do this. To me, uh, I, I think they they have to understand who brought it to the clubhouse, and I don't even know if that's I don't even know if that's possible. That I mean, um, they would just have to start asking a lot of questions and hope that somebody's going to fess up to well. Because I know locally, there's I this went uh, down the street. Yeah, I know there's a, locally there's this uh, what was it called trace evidence? Mm-hmm. Like I just feel like that's. You know, the Law and Order uh, music should play in the background. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so there may be trace evidence that says they've been somewhere. I I think uh, it's tough. That's a fine line. You know, I think, but honestly, I think if you want to continue to play, you got to figure it out because if you can't make any changes to stop it, it's going to happen again. And I, I wonder how much Major League Baseball is going to back the, the Marlins in their decisions because I think as an owner, I would be really, really quick to to kind of lock this thing down for a while, you know. Hey, we're gonna we're gonna at least figure this thing out before we start just doing what we want to do anymore. Yeah. And but I don't know if Major League Baseball will hold up to that, and I don't know if the Players Association will, will agree to that either. And that's the the caveat with really pro sports in general is is it's not a I'm the owner, you're the player. Let's have this discussion. No, it's let me talk to my agent. Let me talk to the Players Association, and you probably need to talk to the league. Yeah, there's so many layers that has to has to go through that decisions are are so slow. So, so we talked a little bit off the air, and it's it's a very much a topic that that kind of needs to be hammered out, and it, I think it's going to have to be decided like this week. Uh, are these games that are affected via the 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 Marlins deal? Um, are those wins losses? Are they? Are they are they postponed? Are they canceled? And I, the ones that I'm questioning even more so, the Marlins are directly affected, right? Like they kind of caused a little of some of this. And I'm not saying they deserve any kind of punishment for that. But I'm saying I can understand those games being canceled or what have you. But like Phillies-Yankees, both those teams are in contention, I would think. I think, I think so. as the season goes along in the National League, the Phillies will be right there, and in the American League, the Yankees will be right there. And if it comes down to it, and say, uh, uh, I'm saying like Rays, Astros, Yankees are sitting there atop the American League, and you look and and the Yankees have one less win than the rest of them. Now they have the same number of losses, but they just don't have that win because they were postponed due to this Miami deal. What's yeah. the league do? I don't know, and that's. Then they schedule a quick doubleheader with somebody. <laughs> yeah, it's a play-in game. It says, we don't know the specifics. This is Doolittle talking. He says, we don't know the specifics in terms of makeup dates, but the news release sent Monday uh, to, to Major League Baseball labeled both the Marlins-Orioles and Yankees-Phillies game are postponements. Thus, for now, it seems that, that they will try to get them in at some point. Now, again, it's not going to be without hardship. It's not going to be without uh, over-scheduling at some point because – when you uh, when you schedule sixty games in sixty six days, there's not a ton of just open dates that you're going to be able to work with. 
I, I would think that they would have would have covered this already. I think yeah. I, I believe that they have to have a plan that they, they've already talked to the players about, and it just said, listen, if we have any kind of issues where we have to postpone a game, be aware a doubleheader's coming, and you just have to accept that. So, so talking about how how to fit that in, each team has six built-in days off, not including a day for the clubs that didn't play in a one or two openers on Thursday. So, so just basically from now, uh, there's there's six days off. However, the opportunity for making up a game are limited by the format of the schedule and needs need to limit the number of trips each team makes. Teams are also constrained at the back end of their schedule as there is but one day between the end of the regular season and the start of the 16-team playoff. Uh, kind of the puzzle piece that is, the Marlins and Orioles were to play two games in Miami, then proceed directly to Baltimore for games at Camden Yards on Wednesday, Thursday. These are the only scheduled matchups between the teams, which have mutual days off on August 10th and September the 3rd again. Uh, do you want to make that extra trip for a makeup game? The Orioles' only other trip to Florida is scheduled uh, August 25th through the 27th at Tampa Bay, but Baltimore has an off day before that series begins. So it's all about how much travel are you willing to put up? Are you willing to take one of your open days and play? And then, uh, and, and like I said, what are the risks associated with those decisions? Yeah, it's going to be tough. I mean, they, they've. I, I still though, I still stick with it. That I think they had to have thought about this and and understand that the probability that they were going to have to do this was going to be high. I mean, even outside of just you know health issues, if it friggin' rains, I mean, <laughs> that rain out. Well, you heard that there's there's some rain out rules. You know, used to it was pretty well. You know. Uh, you know, if it didn't make it to a certain inning, that 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 would just start over. Yeah, that's not the way it goes. Wow! Anymore. Like the other day, the what was it? Was it Yankees Nats? I think it was oh, the, the second game. It, you had mentioned that where it got it, it was done in rain. six. Yeah, because once it goes past five innings, it's kind of like NASCAR. You're it's past the, halfway point. <laughs> And yeah. so, and I think that's that's a good that's a good rule, honestly. But uh, the one thing is the Phillies Yankees matchup; they were to play today, also. Uh, so if they get early enough clearance and and they they agree, they could play a doubleheader today. Oh yeah, you know, and get that caught back up. So and, and if it's me, I would do it. I mean, you're already there. The you're next opportunity, there. the next opportunity to do it wouldn't be until August the 24th, which is just three and a half weeks away. But um, you, you know, nonetheless, uh, it gets it gets it taken care of. Could the Marlins just bring up players from their taxi squad and keep playing? That's a question that was posed. Yes, uh, that's the whole point of a taxi squad, but it might not be feasible if half or more of their roster is affected. Uh, it's still the most likely scenario because the other choice is to shut down. So uh, I think that's that's where the Marlins kind of sit right now. It says. Why were the Marlins allowed to play the Phillies on Sunday after multiple uh, players test positive? Uh, basically, there wasn't a rule in place that players can't participate as they await test results, but playing could have been a mistake. The Miami had multiple. The Miami Marlins had multiple positive tests before Sunday's game, and the contest went on as scheduled. Uh, that's kind of concerning. That's a little concerning. A little, a little. It said to say this is this is lag and problematic would probably be a massive understatement. But of course, that's where all the protocol, masking, distancing, sanitizing, 
uh, added steps are, are so important. The one step baseball hasn't taken is to make mask wearing mandatory at all times, even on the field. And while that could be a next step, we don't actually yet know uh, where the Marlins outbreak began. If it was some kind of on-field mask mandate, would have made any kind of difference. Uh, I mean, at this point, airport, airplane, bus ride, hotel lobby, restrooms, all are possible. Yeah, I have a hard time thinking that somebody in right field who's 30 feet away from everybody else. It might have come in on the cardboard. <laughs> on the cardboard cutouts. It just might have been stuck One to of the it. cardboard fans coughed on them. Yeah, I, I see. That's why I, I don't know that necessarily the, on the field. That's going to be tough. I mean, 90 degrees outside, you know, some places maybe even more than that, and you're going to ask them to wear a mask and run around. I, I mean, some players are wearing masks, and and, and I see the the personal preference, and and I it. can see why that's okay. So, like the infield, they don't really do a lot of long distance running in the infield. Josh Bell for the Pirates, he was wearing one, but then again, there was a runner on base. So when there's not a runner on base, does he have it pulled down? I don't know. Hmm. That's a good question. Um, you know, the catcher wasn't wearing one, but the umpire was. So is that because the umpire's breathing on the catcher's neck? I I don't know, but the batter wasn't wearing one either. So there's Oh, about made a really bad joke. It was it's an election year, sorry. Yeah. Anyway, but I don't know. I, I think there's all kind of protocol and unfortunately, uh unfortunately, and this is just my stance, it's it's an opinion, not a not a fact. Um what's well, a fact that it's my opinion. Yeah, there you uh, go. But uh I think as long as things are are do as you wish, then the results are going to be do as you wish. Yeah, I think there has to be some level of lockdown. Is it is it feasible? Maybe not. If it's not, then shut it down. Because uh, ultimately, um, that's why around the world and sports is no different. It's just a sect of of said world, said society. Uh, that's why everybody else is seeing decline is because their governments said, "You come out of your house, we'll take you to jail." Yeah, you put a mask on. You don't put a mask on. We're gonna we're gonna have some repercussion. Now I'm not saying that we've got to get to that point, but nothing else is working, and and everybody else is seeing declines, and we're somewhat exploding now. Is and, and I'm not above saying that that I think media kind of helps those those narratives. But what I'm saying is is if you want zero, then you have to take harsh lines. Yes. But if you don't, if you won't take harsh lines. Then you have to be ripples are going to happen. Oh yeah, uh, the Miami Marlins won't be the first team, or they are the first team, but won't be the last team uh, to see some some coronavirus. And uh, you, you know, I think uh, uh, paralysis by analysis is very much in play here. I think the more you test, the more positives you'll get. I mean, it's just it's just common common sense. But I think they've got to manage what the situation is. And if this thing keeps relapsing and relapsing and relapsing, then we've got bigger problems. And baseball needs to become secondary. Uh, but I think at this point, uh, you, you have to lean on the protocol you set and the reason that you agreed on it and, and fought for months over different monies and different things. And you need to use that protocol and then vet it out. It's either going to work and Miami's going to be the, the example of why the protocol was what it was or they're going to be the example of why the protocol you put in place didn't work. Yeah, I think now's the time where it, it's really going to test the metal of 
the people that made these decisions, <laughs> you know, are we are we going to do what we said we were going to do, right. or do we want to reevaluate? Well, I think I think at this point the uh, the hot stove has finally burned the hand that those that make the decision. So, yeah. uh, and, and the decision to play on Sunday, uh, that's another question mark that those who made it will have to deal with. Yeah, but you know what? They deal with it. We talk about it, <laughs> and we'll of course see how the the results of second test come back today and how it impacts the rest of of those affected by the Marlins outbreak. But hey, we're going to take our last break of the day. Listen to these great sponsors when we come back 39 days until it's football time in Tennessee. We'll be right back. You don't want to miss it. Buying a home is one of the biggest financial decisions you will ever make, and it can be overwhelming. But Donna Cry at Mortgage Investors Group is committed to making your home buying experience a pleasure. Donna Cry is my personal home mortgage specialist. MIG is rated number one in residential mortgage lenders in Tennessee. Are you considering a new home? Then use who I trust, Donna Cry with Mortgage Investors Group in Maryville. Whether you're buying your first home or your fifth, Donna will help you put your home ownership plans into action. Call Donna at 865-984-9948 or or go to DonnaCry.com. MIG is an equal housing lender. Some dogs are bursting with energy and just aren't getting the nutrients they need. That's why Rule King recommends Diamond High Energy Sport Dog Food. This power-packed formula is filled with high-quality protein sources to provide the extra nutrition necessary to keep your dog in top condition during periods of performance. A 50-pound bag of high-energy sport from Diamond is just $24.99. You can get this price in-store only at your neighborhood Rural King, America's farm and home store. Are you looking for a place to relax and have fun after work or a place to fill the weekend fun? Check out the Party Pub in the heart of Maryville. They open at 7.30 a.m. and have daily drink specials. They have darts, karaoke, and billiards daily, as well as Tennessee football each and every Big Orange Saturday in the fall. So check out the Party Pub on Ellis Avenue in downtown Maryville, a place where they treat you like family, and it's always a good time. On Thursday, July 30th, 2020, the Maryville Huddle will host an online candidate forum. State House candidates for Districts 20 and 8, as well as Congressional District 2 candidates, will participate. For more information, please contact the Maryville Huddle at maryvilletnhuddle at gmail.com. Have you heard about or seen the Grind's brand new user-friendly website? If the answer is no, I think you're kind of missing out. Our brand new website has ways to hook into the Grind from social media with links to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and SoundCloud so you can grind it out with us on social media. But if you say, I don't like social media, but I like podcasts, we've got those too. You can download the Grind podcast on Apple Podcasts and Google Play Music directly from the website. It's a one-stop shop for everything The Grind. Check us out online, thegrindonsports.com. That's thegrindonsports.com. 2020 has been anything but predictable, but there is one thing we can count on. Football will be back. Blunt Broadcasting is proud to remain the radio home for two of Tennessee's most successful high school football programs, Maribel High School and Alcoa High School. Each team looks to repeat as state champions, and your support is needed to get these great programs off and running here in 2020. 
so, if you or your business would like to support these great student athletes and great coaches, then help Blunt Broadcasting get their games on the radio. Give us a call and let WGAP and WKVL Radio get working for you. Give us a call at 865-724-1100. That's 865-724-1100. Or shoot us an email at info at WKVL.com. Let's work together to get your great business and these local high schools the exposure they have earned and deserve. Got something you're grinding on? Give us a call at 865-983-4310. Now back to the grind with host Wayne Kaiser. 100.9 FM, 850 AM, Rocky Top Sports. And welcome back inside the WKVL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser alongside Jeff McIntyre as we have beat around on the Miami Marlins for the better part of about half a show. But hey, you know, it's it's it happens to the best of us and it happens to the Marlins. So I don't know if that's the best of us, but it is the Marlins. And uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, all jokes aside, I don't... I don't want this to stop baseball. I don't want this to, to impact the Marlins negatively. But at the same rate, I think if, if we, and we being like the greater sports world, us being, you know, what who would be making those decisions, if they didn't think about this and don't have a good answer for this, what were they doing the whole yeah, time they were negotiating? I, I have to believe, I have to believe that they have a plan and they, they were already expecting this because if they didn't, it's like you said, then what were you doing? Yeah, right. Uh, but let's let's get a little on a little happier side of things. Thirty nine days until it's football time in Tennessee at the moment. Uh, as as we sit here on on July the twenty eighth, but uh, thirty nine days. Some different Vols have worn thirty nine. Ryan Carl was a linebacker two thousand five two thousand seven. He played in forty nine games at number thirty nine. Racked up hundred and seventy tackles, fourteen and a half for loss. And he had 12 pass breakups. He was an SEC academic honor roll member in 2005. He was out of Franklin, Tennessee. Uh, Native had a career-high 85 tackles in 2007 in helping the Vols uh, hit the SEC championship game, their last SEC championship game appearance. Uh, Why I wore the number, Brad Simmons, defensive back 1994, says, I was one of many volunteers for the Vols. Hmm. I grew up in Hendersonville, Tennessee, and moved with my family to South Windsor, Connecticut when I was 13. I had always dreamed of going back to Tennessee to play football in my home state for the beloved Vols. Uh, I was given the opportunity at UT and invited to walk on in 91. He said, through hard work and dedication to the school and my team, I was given the 39 my junior year when I made the travel team for the first time. The 39 was and is special to me because it was something that I truly earned. He said, I cherish the 39 still to this day. So, uh, again, you got to work for things, and, and then you get what you get. Yeah, that made it meaningful for him. I like it. Uh, Dwayne Henry, linebacker 1982, said, I played linebacker in 82 and wore the number 39. The reason I wore it is because I couldn't get the number I wanted. Uh, <laughs> the number 21 due to Jimmy Colquitt having it. He said, I was given 39 and really didn't want it till I remember – 
that a guy named Larry Zonka wore that number. I loved watching him run the football and admired the way he played the game with reckless abandon. I then wore that number with the pride that comes with wearing any orange and white jersey at the University of Tennessee. Funny he should bring up Mr. Zonka. Yep. That's a good one. We're going to maybe mention him in our Hall of Fame segment. But George Hunter is the first of all to wear 39 in the year 36, 37, 38. Ryan Cannon wore 39 in 1939. Uh, Edward Osborne, 40 and 41. Jim Powell, 1942. Carol Wood, 1944, 5 and 6. Charles Flora wore it in 47, 8, 9, and 50. Paul Walker. Uh, wore it 1952, not the one you're thinking about, Jeff. Uh, Bob <laughs> Williams wore it 1953. Jim McNamara, uh, 1965. Ken Scott, 1966. Don Carpenter, 69 and 70. Pike Jones, 1972. Brian Arkitt, uh, 1973. Kevin Davis, uh, 75 and 6. Johnny Watts, 1977. Bobby Thompson, 1978. Vernon Phillips, 1981. Dwayne Henry, uh, 83. Uh, Tim Welch, 84 and 5. Kelly Days, uh, 87, 8, 9, and 90. Randy Banks, 91. Jakob Jakobic, uh, 1992. Brad Simmons, 94. Laren Binion, uh, 95 and 6. Andre James, 98, 9, 2000, and 2001. Robert Williams, 04 and 05. Ryan Carl, 05, 06, 07. Grant Jessen, 2011. Ben Bartholomew, 2008 through 2012. And Michael Cantwell, of 2012 and 13. The current Vol to wear uh, number 39. There's two. West Schuler, uh, linebacker 6'1", 225, sophomore out of Christ School in Arden, North Carolina, and Toby Wilson, place kicker, 5'10", 174, out of Brentwood Academy, Brentwood, Tennessee. So, whew, a lot of people wore 39. You just got to have a 39 on your team. Yeah, it sounds like it. Got to make it two. happen. Got to make it happen. But uh, talk about Hall of Famers to wear 39. Larry Zonka is who, who we're going to bring up. Fullback uh, who played not a, you know, not a super long career, 11 seasons, but was inducted into the Hall of Fame in 1987. Out of Syracuse, the 6'3", 237-pounder Lawrence Richard Zonka was a Syracuse All-American in 1967, was the number one draft pick in 1968. Known as a powerhouse runner, an excellent blocker, a great receiver, uh, only 21 fumbles in 1,891 carries. Uh, surpassed the 1,000-yard mark three different times. Four-time All-AFC, picked for five different Pro Bowls, All-Pro 71, 2, and 3. Uh, MVP of Super Bowl eight, made a uh, super comeback in the 19, for the 1979 Dolphins. His career stats, 8,081 rushing yards, 106 receptions, 68 touchdowns out of Stowe, Ohio. Larry, the big guy, Zonka. That's what I was looking up. I know why he only played 11 seasons. Because he was ready for American Gladiators. Is that it? Yeah. He wow. uh, he was one of their commentators for looks like four years. <laughs> wow. Those well, are the ones that that's why I remember him. Like I don't remember more so, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I know yeah. he played football, but I remember him from American Gladiators. American Gladiators. <laughs> oh wow! I would like to say, uh, you know, if if American Gladiator was still going on, I think uh, Jose Canseco, <laughs> uh, Mark McGuire, those kind of guys would have been just fitting for that that kind of place. Yes, there was juice 
uh, going around. Let's just say that. But anyway, 1939 saw a lot of different champions. Green Bay Packers defeated the New York Giants 27-0 for the NFL championship game played in Milwaukee. Uh, the Sugar Bowl saw the Texas Christian Horn Frogs beat the Carnegie Tech Tartans. Say that quick. 15-7 to <laughs> to win the College Football National Championship. And on September 30th, 1939, the first televised football game between the Fordham Rams and the Waynesburg Yellow Jackets hit NBC with Bill Stern being the lone broadcaster. That's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I'm taking it sure. in. Sure. I'm, I'm still like some of the names you ripped off right there. I'm like, wait a second. I just like the names. To be honest with you. I'm like, that's TCU. Yeah, it took me like that's. I only ever hear them as TCU. So when you when you say the whole name, it's like, like if you ever said the whole the full name for Smoo, I'd be like, wait, who? Southern Methodist. I'm like, I don't <laughs> know who that is. Smoo. Uh, so, uh, 1939 saw a lot of, a lot of records, a lot of, a lot of interesting moments in, in sports. Uh, on May 2nd, Lou Gehrig's streak of 2,130 consecutive baseball games played come to an end. The record would stand for 56 years before Cal Ripken Jr. would break it. Uh, on June the 12th, 1939, the National Baseball Hall of Fame was dedicated in Cooperstown. On July the 4th, Lou Gehrig announced his retirement in Yankee Stadium, after uh, after being diagnosed with terminal illnesses now known as Lou Gehrig's disease. Uh, August 26th, the first televised Major League Baseball game saw Brooklyn 6-1 victors over Cincinnati at Ebbets Field in the World Series in 1939. Saw the Yankees defeat the Cincinnati Reds four games to none. The Winnipeg Maroons won the Northern League Championship and Little League Baseball in Williamsport, Pennsylvania, uh, was formed as a three-team league uh, in 1939. Uh, talking about the uh, basketball, yesterday I talked about this team, and they obviously were really good in the MBL, but the Akron Firestone non-skids uh, won three games to two over the Oshkosh All-Stars. The non-skids. I just feel like those are those are epic jerseys. I, I, I see them like having tread on them at some level. The, when it says the the Firestone non-skids, like is that an advertising? Is your team name an advertisement? I really think so. Uh, but uh, so like <laughs> next year would it would it be you know like the all terrains? I mean, there's nothing that would stop it. <laughs> I, I think at that rate there was no uh, there was no rules. But Booner sent me a, a little on this date in in history. On June, July the 28th, 1991, Dennis Martinez pitched a perfect game for the Expos as they defeat the Dodgers 2 to nothing. It was the first perfect game by a Latin American player. Three years later, uh, to the day, Kenny Rogers was perfect for the Rangers in a 4 to nothing win over the Angels. Um, trivia, he says Yogi Berra has won more of these, 13, than anyone else in Major League Baseball history. Do you know what that is? No clue. World Series championships. Oh, there you go. Ten as a player, three as a coach. Boone says, "Now you know." There you go. <laughs> Yogi Berra. He. You ever hear the Yogiisms or, or or any of his little quotes? Yeah, I've heard some. Like my favorite one is ninety uh, percent uh, of the game's half mental. That's a good one. Or uh, it's cash back. It's the same as money. <laughs> uh, or uh, when you come to a fork in the road, take it. All of which are really good ones. But uh, but we've hit the end of the, the hour for, for a Tuesday edition. Don't miss top of the hour as SB Nation will take back over. Uh, they will talk about a lot of national stuff 
and I'm sure they're going to have their own take on what the Marlins need to look like, should look like, and how baseball should respond. But you've listened to the Tuesday edition of The Grind. When we come back tomorrow, we I'm hoping to have Boone in here tomorrow because I need to know what he thinks about those Marlins. But you know what? We'll find out. There you go. But if you're on your way to work or on your way home, take care, be safe, and yes, grind on.